Stoveleg Media, igniting conversation. I'm Trisden. And I'm Ray. What we hope to do here is find a little bit of middle ground on some of these extremely polarizing social and political issues. Welcome everybody to Extreme Common Sense. What's up, Ray? How's it going, man? Hello, Tristan. Good to see you. Yeah, likewise. When is the last time we spoke? It feels like it's been forever. Yeah, at least 50 minutes. 50, 55 minutes. Yeah. Well, good to see you, man. Good to have you back. Excited about a big show today. Going to be another fun show. Yeah, it's fun to be back in the studio. The um, the, the Riverside shows, the, the internet shows are okay, but this is a little more um, personable. I think so. It's nice to have the social cues of seeing how everybody's looking. Yeah. You know. Yeah. And, like, and I don't know, you know, as far as the listener goes, how that translates. Like, can you tell? I mean, I, I like you, I listen to most of them really just, and it, truly, you have to trust when I say this, it has nothing to do with ego. It is all about critiquing. Because some of the shows I say, man, that one sucked. And then some I laugh at. Right. Um, you know, they can be funny. And and I guess hopefully get some info out there. But um, sound quality is probably better doing this. I think so. In the studio. And it's tough, though, too. Like, I think the last show we did, a comedian, it's tough. I mean, he's not, we're not going to get a national touring comedian to come to Bree to sit with us. Well, that's right. So it's a nice that's option right. to have yeah. Riverside to be right. able to do Absolutely. Those shows. And we've talked about maybe trying to up that ante, because as you said, if you ask 10 people and one says yes, then you're good. You know, actually get some some name folks on there who want to spend 30 or 40 minutes with a couple of yeehaws. But I actually, uh, Patty and I were out and about on Friday, and uh, we... I said, let me show you the little studio. So we pulled right up in front. She was like, oh, that's really cool. I think she was expecting, I don't know what she was expecting, but she thought it was cool. Very nice. And I love looking out the street. I always envisioned somewhere in my past, I was that DJ with the talking to people as they go down the street, like Chris on Northern Exposure that's from years funny. ago. Yeah, good, good <laughs> reference. Yeah, I always think uh, it would be fun. We should get Patty in and get my wife and have like a, a wife show. Yeah, well, they never listen, so we might as well get them to talk. You know, I don't think I could pay my wife enough money. Right. She's mad at me right now. So. Oh, is she? Yeah. Doghouse? Little doghouse. Oh, uh, so. you want to tell us why? Well, I guess I brought it up. I might as well. She'll never hear it. <laughs> no, without, you know, you, you, you ever go out with your friends and you're, you're kind of, you're bullshitting back we're and forth with I your have friends. assuming I some, but yes, yeah, well, I've done it's, that. It's, it's an assumption. Yeah, right. But you're joking around and you start, you'll joke around about your wife and, and sort of the things that uh, that they say or do. Sort of go in, on. in good-natured humor, <laughs> like in good nature. Not to say, oh, I hate you or something, no, but sure. just like, you know, like my wife is never ready on time. So one of the, my go-tos with friends is like, Man, if I'm ever ready to walk out the door, like I might as well set a 40 minute timer. Like I'm never getting out the door and I'm always ready to go. So that's one of the things like, you know, if we're having a double date or something, I'll bring up to be funny. Well, my wife finds no humor in me, you know, bringing up the little nuances of our marriage. And she's so, yeah, so she's my uh, brother is in that boat. Love, love my uh, sister-in-law dearly, but honest to God, if you want her somewhere at seven, you better tell her five thirty. <laughs> and yeah. I don't know how the he's got the patience of a saint, man. I don't know how he's done it all these years. I would have either left or strangled her. No offense. Nance, <laughs> it's like part of family lore now, you know, yeah. it's just like, oh, oh I, if aunt Nancy's there, you got to allow an extra hour and a half. I can relate. And to my wife's credit, like she's always clean and she smells wonderful. And her hair's done. <laughs> well, that's good. But you know what I mean? Like she is the most put together person, but it is, Man, it just takes it's, a while. It's yeah, it's gonna be a few minutes. <laughs> you have to learn patience, so, I guess. Uh, so we're, we've got a, a guest today. Yeah. Okay. Exciting. And day. what are we talking with? With what? our friendly guest, man. This is fun, and I really like the idea of the show. And the thing that I get a kick out of is that our Republican friends give a shit because we're too right wing, and our left wing friends occasionally give a shit because we're too left wing. Or excuse me, I've said that backwards. Our right wing friends give a shit because we're too left. left. Our left wing friends right. give us a right. We've okay. heard both. Yes. So uh, one of my friends, Brandon, who, uh, by the way, is going to be his third appearance, I believe, nice. on the show. So that's pretty exciting. And I think was our first guest, if memory serves. Uh, I was Probably talking right. to him maybe a week or so ago, and he was like, man, there's some things you and Ray are just stupid on. And I really want to come in. He may not have used that word. It may have been like asshole, cock, old, <laughs> stupid fucker kind of, but Nothing he, is. It, it, but he wanted to come and kind of give us a, why we are a little bit too far right on a couple of things. And I said, man, that's going to be fun. I say we, cause I want to take the blame with you, but it was a little oh, bit, mostly me little too bit, far, right. A little bit too far, okay. right on uh, a well, couple that'll, issues. That'll be, and we're going to hear talk. Okay. Well, we'll get into that in a second. So yeah. let, let me get a chance to be a little, a little left then. Cause I don't know how 
you know, we're just riffing here a little bit, so no real subject. But this uh, tax proposal, I was reading about it last night. It's not going to go anywhere that that Biden uh, proposed. It affects, you know, on billionaires right. above 20 billion. Yeah. So it affects 770 people in the United States. That's it. 770 people. They estimate they could raise $60 billion in 10 years. And I've become, I guess somewhere in me is a frustrated capitalist because I've become a bit of a fan of Shark Tank. It's 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 interesting. It's a good see. show. Okay. Yeah. So that Kevin Leary or O'Leary, bald-headed dude. Yeah. I saw him interviewed, and he was just ripping apart the proposal, saying how how unfair and how dare you, and, you know, we're the job creators and this and that. So it just got me to thinking, you know, I'm much older than both you guys, and, um, you know, I remember Reagan running in 80 on trickle-down, right? And we've lived with some form of that for the ensuing 42 years because taxes are at historic lows. I'm sure Aaron at Pawn is like, you asshole, come on, I pay too much in taxes. But if you look at it, they're at historic lows. We really don't pay all that much in taxes. I mean, you can argue too little, too much, but taxes have gone down in the 42 years. And 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 that's that trickle-down supply side where you the, the thought is that you give the wealthy as much as you can, you give them as many breaks as you can because they're job creators and the jobs trickle down. That's the thought. Sure. I think the theory is good, but here's what's happened, at least in my experience and what I see, is that the people who got wealthy because of that then decided they deserve that. Right. And they didn't necessarily turn it into more jobs or pay their employees more. In some cases, they may have. But as the wealthy got wealthier, they said, well, fuck, that's my right. I'm wealthy. And I'm not talking Elon Musk or Bill Gates. I'm talking people I know who run businesses. And they just, it so it kind of became a self-fulfilling prophecy. And I would say that to that Kevin O'Leary. Like, you're sitting here talking about how it's so unfair to you, but you assholes really took all that and kept it for yourselves. Proof of that? The disparity in America. You know, some comedian made a joke that the only difference between us and Mexico is the kidnappings. I mean, the disparate wealth in America. All right, so those 770 people that Biden's talking about taxing, which is never going to get passed, have an aggregate wealth in excess of the bottom 200 million of Americans. Oh my God. Now that's a fucked up system. That's a system doomed to fail. Right. And to me, this is conservatives that have to deal with this, not guys on the left, even if some of our friends don't think I'm far enough left. It's conservatives who have to reach a point where they say, there's too much. This figure, whatever it is, $100 billion, $200 billion is too much for a single individual, and we need to find a way to tax that and give it to the greater good, yeah. which is Biden's proposal, though it's not going to go anywhere. I didn't realize that it, it didn't have a shot, so I'm disappointed to hear that. Shot. But no, I mean, I don't want to sound like I'm beating the Democrats. Watch drum. Fox News if you want to think it has a shot. I mean, they're already all yeah. over it because oh. it's tailor-made for yeah. But no, taxing the wealthy and <laughs> stealing money from us and, you know. But you've made a great point. And, and trickle down has had, what, 40 years to yeah. say, man, it's But do you, I mean, I literally can't make any points. You made them all. That disparity between the working class and the rich now. I mean, it's, look at any industry. It's just insane. And that money, to your point, these people, for one, most of these rich guys are pretty good with money. So what do you think they're going to do? Let yes. me throw all this back at my people? Or I'm going to build another house, which is going to create more Long-term wealth, and me. I don't know how Kevin could argue with me on that. That's that's really been a manifestation of it, and and I think again I'll use that term. To me, it's become a self-fulfilling prophecy. As the wealthy got wealthier, they said, "Well, we deserve that." Absolutely, you know, that was that I did was that sort that of all my that's all, it. All on my that was own. my right. God damn you! How dare you take any piece of that? No, you got all these breaks. Don't you see? Yeah, you know the tax rates were much higher. And and again, I'm not arguing necessarily for higher higher tax rates. It's just that people are never. It, Taxes are very low right now, but you hear no one other than me saying that. And that's a fact. Don't trust me. Look it up. Right. As I say about it, look, compare it to 70s, 80s. You know, it started to change in the 80s. Go back to the 50s. Tax rates were at like 70%. And by the way, America was doing pretty good during that time. You know, middle right. class was really thriving. Yeah, the middle class so, has been slowly dying for yeah, 40 years since trickle so, down. So that was my soapbox. And now we'll find out. From, so I guess we need to invite Brandon in. Yeah, well, well, real quick, let me just say this. Uh, I also I want to just clarify, but I don't think you're also saying let's tax the shit out of these people. They shouldn't exist. No, it's we want people to, to be able to succeed. We want sure. people to be multi multi millionaires also. But, you know, if I've got to pay a certain amount in taxes as a middle class American, 
you know, pay your fair share. Well, that, and I do think there is a question, and conservatives may think this is anathema and be pulling their hair out, but I do think there is a question is when is it too much? And of course, it's unanswerable because you're probably not going to get two people to agree. But is there a point at which, you know, you're probably fine at 10 billion, certainly fine at 50, 100 billion. Once you amass a fortune of 280, 380, some of these billion dollar fortunes. Now, I know the argument is, well, they're self-made men and they did it. Yeah, okay, I get that. It's conservatives who make that argument. So it's conservatives who are going to have to answer when or if enough is enough. And if they say never, well, then you're just going to have that disparity continue. Yeah. Because the only way you can get at that money is to tax it. Yeah. And, That's the only way. And now the sad thing is, and again, we got to get Brandon in here, but there's so much money in politics the rich yes. guys are controlling the yes. politics. So sure. I don't know that there's ever going to be a point where right. we infiltrate that as we, the people, That's and right. some of this money does leave politics and we can have pe- folks paying their fair share and sort of getting a middle That's class. Where unions in. were so strong because that gave people a chance to gather together and have more power than the individual. But yeah, we do have to get our guest in. Let's be fair to him. So I just had my little soapbox. So Brandon, come on in, man. What's up, guys? Hey, what up, Brandon? God, you made it from that door to that chair. Like, you are quick. You're that guy that hits the light, and you're in bed before the light's out, aren't you? (laughs) That's Cool Papa Bell from the old Negro Leagues. Cool Papa Bell. What's happening, Brandon? I am good, guys. This is my third time back here, so I wear that as a badge of honor. Yes. We appreciate you. Our favorite guest, obviously. Oh, good deal. We'll see how that pans out after today. (laughs) Now, Ray's kissing up a little bit. He knows knows it's coming. An axe to grind, as it were. True. And I will say, just from what I overheard, uh, I do enjoy the insights on the tax stuff. I could go on to that all all day and night, but definitely. You you make some really good points there. Um, You know, these, the the 1% needs to pay their fair share and... I'll leave it at I'll leave this at I'll leave this at a very basic understanding. If you have a business and your business is in the US, you have profited off of infrastructure, off of education, Absolutely. off of labor that all came from, you know, America. Right. You know, yeah, you might have your products made in another country and you know, you might have your tax um, you know, filings in Bermuda or right. somewhere where you have a tax shelter so you don't have to pay taxes, you know. But ideally, you know, you have benefited from, you know, a workers who sure. went to public school, people who rode the bus to get to your business and so on and so forth. Absolutely. And right. you should, you know, you should pay your share in that. And that's a great point too, Brandon. That gets overlooked and forgotten an awful mm-hmm. lot. Yeah, there is that there is that want amongst the wealthy. And and to further Tristan's point, yeah, I'm not sitting here beating up the wealthy, but there is that kind of thing where they reach that place where now it becomes almost, well, this is what I deserve. Well, what about right. everything that went into it? Yeah. You know? It is a funny mindset that you can get once you have a lot of yeah. money and stuff. Yeah. Right? I also think it's just a matter of, uh, and this this can relate. It'll probably it'll definitely tie into where I'm coming from today. But I definitely feel like it's very easy to dehumanize oh, someone yeah. who's not in your situation. It's like, for example, and sometimes you have to do that because, like, if you sit around your house all day and night worrying about, you know, starving children in other countries, yeah. war, no homeless people that are in your town, it's drive you know, you out of your mind, it will drop you out of your mind. Yeah. So you have to kind of disconnect some from that. But I also feel like it's very easy to just dehumanize everything that's not in your bubble. It's very easy to say, oh, it's just lazy people. Oh, it's just it um, drug addicts. Oh, it's just freeloaders. Rather than thinking like maybe some of these social programs, maybe the benefits of you know a proper community paying their taxes would help the overall community. And you would benefit from that as well. You know, instead of just, oh, the government's taking my money right. that I worked so hard for. And yeah. I think the problem, and I think it's a fair point, geez, I, you know, we are, I am going to sound like a Republican and- I think a lot of my Republican friends uh, would probably say we don't mind paying the taxes if it's used correctly. And I don't even think they mean it has to go to the programs I want, but it's, you see, you know, a bridge that is $400 million to build a bridge as opposed to China knocking that sucker out for $3 million. You know, I, and I get that. I, and I don't know the answer to that. I mean, I don't know how you use the money better, but man, there's a lot of backs being scratched with the everything. Every time there's, there's a lot money of pork and yeah. bureaucracy and fluff. I don't even I know if that. it's pork. It's just, you know, you're 
paying back the contractor that helped get you elected as a mm-hmm. governor of Minnesota. And then, you know, so then you're sending these contracts back to them and then, you know, they're, I don't know. It's just a lot of, it's, we could have the whole conversation. Politics on one-on-one. But, yeah. oh, and, and Brandon, for our folks, maybe that this is the first episode that they've heard you on. I think it's fair to say you're a person of color, you're LBGTQ plus yep. on the spectrum. Mm-hmm. So if you hear Brandon talking about race, at least he's, uh, I guess, coming from a different point of view, race and on the sexuality spectrum of Ray and I. So as we talk about that, just a little bit of your history and feel free to sure. give as much as you like. Yeah. So just to recap, I mean, if I've been on the show two other times, so if you've not heard me before, guys, really and truly, you're doing yourself a disservice. You should be listening to every episode. <laughs> Amen. Start at one you know, and go subscribe through. at Spotify and go. Um, but I am in my 30s. I live in Richmond and I am, of course, a I'm I am mixed. My mother was white. My dad was from Burma. And I'm also someone who identifies as a gay individual. You know, so I am part of the LGBTQ community. Um, aside from that, you know, I live and work in Richmond. I am I would consider myself a left, a lefty. Um, I don't necessarily know if I truly agree with the whole like democratic label. Um, I think maybe I fall more into democratic socialism more than anything, but, uh, you know, I try to be understanding, but I could, you know, a lot of times just usually want to throw the right, right out the window if I could, Mm -hmm. (laughs) but you know, I try, Mm -hmm. I try to listen. I feel like they don't really give us the benefit of the doubt on that part. They don't really try to listen to us, but you know, it's tough. At least too. we try. <laughs> I, I think we had a guest that made an interesting point. Uh, Rick Rick Shankman, who's a super smart guy, and he was saying, and, and you may have heard the episode that people literally, when they're talking somebody of a different political persuasion than them, literally turn off. Mm. They almost get nothing from that conversation. So I think you know both sides should do a little bit better at listening. But it is it is frustrating. A lot exactly. trying to, yeah. to, to explain politics, something. just like everything else, has become tribalism. Uh, it is very Hatfield to McCoy. Um, I think that's probably why. And realistically, I, I think this is probably one of the downsides of a two party system, because, you know, you look at other countries that have various political parties and you might think, well, in the left, we have to in court, we have to we have that umbrella for all the people who are, quote, on the left. And just like the right has all the people on the right. And I'm sure there's some people out there who are like, as conservatives or Republicans are like, I don't believe this QAnon stuff. Sure. I don't, Most you don't, know, sure. I hope not. Hopefully. I hope not. Yeah. Right. You know, so I, I think like, yeah, maybe if it, it got Lord knows, I don't want to see no QAnon party pop up. No, but I mean, me. it, it probably would be a lot easier if we did have, you know, various degrees of political parties to where, you know, mm-hmm. maybe it's, it's a disservice to kind of swath all Republicans in that same boat, but also this is where we're at. So, you know, anchors away. Well, that's a great point. And before we get too far along, uh, we should go ahead real quickly, Ray, and mention our good, good sponsor friends. Yes. yes. So (laughs) as always, my friend, Brandon, uh, would you like to do the honors and do both commercials for both of our sponsors? <laughs> mm. Well, let's see. Are we talking about uh, Berea Pond or are we talking oh, about absolutely. Uh, bad, bad uh, you know, bad wolf? Nice. There you go. Hey, that's pretty good. Thank you, Brandon. So, yep. So, uh, got a big thank you to Aaron and Robin at Berea Pond. Uh, if you want to check them out and you're not local, check out uh, buckshotandled.com. Uh, you can see what they've got. Good chance to win some cool stuff. Buy some cool stuff. Buckshotled.com. Somebody's already calling. You can't call here. You got to call Berea Pond. I swore I had just put that on Do Not Disturb. I think I took it <laughs> off Do Not Disturb. My bad. Nice. And our friends at Bad Wolf Gaming, Dan and Nasa. Nasa. I'm gonna. Yeah. Now I'm just so paranoid well, I, about you, mispronouncing you your said name. said Nisa maybe. Nasa. Like, nay. What's up? What does that rhyme with? Hey, but it's nay. Nasa. Yeah, not knee. Yeah, not Nisa. Nasa. Yeah, I thought I had it. I guess yeah. I did not. But so the, it's not the knee. It's the nay. Nasa. Yeah. Nasa at Bad Wolf Gaming uh, with Dan. Uh, got to check that out at 711 Chestnut Street or give him a call. I always talk about the fact that if you're into Yu-Gi-Oh, if you're into magic, they have a lot of cool stuff. But also, if you just are a person that wants a cool place to have a family game night, they've got a lot of cool spaces for that. Well, cool spaces and a bunch of games that you can, you know, rent. 
You know, it's like yeah. five bucks a person. Yeah, and you super cheap. A couple hours. I don't even yeah. know if it's that. Exp- it may be like five bucks for the game. Or yeah, something. so but, yeah, it's it's very, very very reasonable price. Fun night and it's you know a little privacy and, and uh, yeah, great place. Stop yeah. on by and, and, and it, good it, folks at Berea Pond. I swear to God, I'm going down there. <laughs> Tomorrow to buy couches. Like couches. I don't need couches. You just buy them. They've got like twenty nice couches. <laughs> like way, they're for like for Wayfair couches. Well, you can sleep on that when your wife's pissed off enough with talking about that's it with a, friends. That's a great you idea. You may that need an another couch. Good, yeah, good job. Yeah. yeah and as good. someone who don't have a does, does not have a stake in this, I'm not. I am not on the, um, you know board here i ain't getting no money from this but Berea pond is they have a huge selection of stuff that i mean it's like a it's almost like a little mega pond shop, it's a really. cool place right and like it you is. can't even describe it's hard to describe accurately and i mean bad wolf you know i know i know you, i know Berea's trying but you don't got much of a nightlife so if you need something to do somewhere to go some family fun you know you need a little bit more space than you might not have you know, they really have a really open and welcoming environment yeah. and a ton of different games, even if you're not into the, you know, the Dungeons and Dragons and stuff, which no, no offense, Dungeons and Dragons. But, you know, I had a boyfriend who tried to get me into that so hard and I was just like, I'll do anything else. <laughs> oh, no kidding. But this. <laughs> I will. I will. What, you know, whatever you well, want to do. It's anything funny. else. <laughs> uh, I haven't I haven't played it. I'd like to. But but my daughter, uh, Daniel, um, who is the proprietor there along with NASA. Um, they had worked together and become friendly and he brought Brielle and Brielle's quite creative and imaginative. And just for whatever reason, to your point, Brandon, it just was not her cup of tea. And Dan was so damn disappointed. He's like, Brielle, I thought this would be right up your alley, but it, 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 it wasn't. So, you know, and I think I might also have to deal with like, maybe who helps you get into it. Maybe Possibly. like if, Possibly. you know, they, they seem like a really great couple. I'm sure maybe they could help ease you into it to where you could enjoy it. So, True. I mean, I don't want to say like, Oh, it's not for everybody. It may not be. But for me, my experience was I, I went, I went towards the game, like how it was, described to me and apparently i was going all of i was doing everything right but i wasn't i wasn't really embracing the spirit of the game ah, and i'm like and that could i don't have to do problem. this yeah i don't have to play this game now we did, else. Uh, when i was making the rounds and, and showed uh, patty the studio here we stopped by and she was really impressed and she's you know she's a frank person she, and when right. we got back in the car I said man they really did a great job it's it's obvious when you go in the store how much work that dan and nace have done to make it a little different yeah. like you said a lot of those gaming shops look like a church basement with a couple of cheap chairs they've yeah. really gone the extra mile it's true yeah it's, it's cool and, and it is a nice place where you could go at night with your family yeah well and, and we're lucky too because obviously we don't want sponsors that we don't like so we're lucky to a have two really good sponsors with really yeah. good local businesses but also let me point out who in a podcast gets to bring on a guest that nails the sponsors like there you go. that's pretty good brandon <laughs> like not a lot of folks can have somebody on that uh frequents and goes to the actual sponsor spot so man it's a Appreciate well, thank it. you. And if, if you would like, I definitely would be interested in sharing my mar- uh, my multi-level marketing um, programs <laughs> and everything as well, if you like. <laughs> that would be great. Oh, but man. I'll tell you what, it's a, perfect, time. it's a perfect segue. I could tell you a story, but I know we are a little pressed for time. But that's a perfect segue, Brandon, because now you've proven your mettle as a faithful listener. So the mic is open. The floor is yours. I promise I'll keep my mouth shut. You tell me what it is that you've uh, found some problems with and and my slash or or our slash my presentation of late. But let me say, Ray will not keep his mouth. (laughs) He will not, but try, but you you heard him say it. (laughs) Right. Well, you know, one more thing. (laughs) (laughs) So for me, um, obviously, you know, I have a, I have a stake in this because I am a gay individual, but you know, when I hear a lot, I'm, when I hear a lot of people talk about social issues, whether it's interracial marriage, whether it's, um, gay rights, transgender rights, et cetera, which of course today is um, Trans Day of Visibility. Um, We are looking at our trans brothers and sisters and individuals, um, you know, honoring them, knowing that they're safe and protected, even though sometimes the world does not, um, you know, agree with us on that. Um, A lot of times people just kind of put this to bed like, oh, well, gay rights is done because, you know, gays can get married. What more do you want? And the kicker here is that, you know, citing facts, because I never want to be in that position where I'm just like, you know, spewing facts that I heard on social media or something. But in the U.S. right now, there's only 22 states that have some type of protection for LGBTQ people. Like Even, from hate crimes? You mean, like, or? you know, discrimination or, you know, you can be denied housing for being gay. Wow. 
you can be fired from a job from for being gay with no and repercussion so to the no. to the employer because it's not it's not you know protected. Wow, there's I, only twenty two. There's only twenty two states, um, you know, that have something as as far as seeing like sexual orientation, um, you know, being transgender mm-hmm. as you know something to where you know you can't discriminate against it. You know, you can't fire someone for being trans. You can't fire someone for you know. Well, you can't discriminate against someone for being, you know, gay or lesbian or what have you. Um, and let me take a wild guess. Not one state south of Ohio, I'm sure. Exactly. Yeah. And, you know, we're we're in this we're in this precipice right now where so many people and I, I've heard this expressed and I and maybe this is just a generalization. But I've heard like from your standpoint, you've kind of talked like, you know, gay rights, you know, you, you, they've gotten married. We can move on to other things. We need to focus on other things. And I mean, I know that's kind of a generalization, but it's just, we're in this point right now in history where so many of the LGBTQ rights are being rolled back. There are currently 12 states that have some type of transgender ban for sports in America right now. That's 12. Um, You know, uh, the governor of Utah, which amazingly in the widest state in the Mm freaking union, um, literally has, you know, tried to, he, 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 he vetoed. Um, he was like, I trans people, kids are killing themselves because they don't feel representative. They don't feel accepted. They don't feel loved. They feel like they're freaks or treat it like freaks. You know, if they can feel somewhat better in a sport or something. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, you know, the, um, the politics they they overrode they they you know they overrode they overrode the governor, you know the governor himself came out and said I can't sign this bill. Well, they still got what they wanted. They still got that ban to go through, and you know whether or not you believe that you know someone who's trans has a better position in sports than say a cisgendered person, you know that's a, that's a separate story. But I feel like right now there are so many politicians who are jumping on using this as, you know, a, a just a, yeah. a, a, a tool. It's a winning issue for Republicans. Yes. It's, politicians. It's, 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 it it's really what helps, it, it's what yeah. helped get Bush elected, yeah. you know? Um, and I don't think there are, it, I don't think or feel there's anything that a gay person or someone who is LGBTQ can directly, you know, impact your life. But these people act like they are in your house, destroying your home. And let me ask you this, Brandon, and this is somebody with certainly a lifetime of of sports history, I guess you'd say. Now, I'm very much, obviously, I I think everybody should play sports, no matter how you were born and and what you've transitioned to or, you know, whatever type of person that, that you are as a human being in your life. But I would say that I do feel like if a woman trans, um, I just said the word and I've lost it. A, A woman becomes a man. Transitions. Transitions to become a man. And she wants to play uh, in men's sports. Like, I'm fine with that. But I would feel like, as a female athlete, if I was on a a cis female team, that there would be a bit of an unfair advantage. And I know that they go through a lot of uh, things in their body, a lot of treatments to make sure that their levels are, you know, very, the exact same. But I do feel like as an athlete that there, there is a bit of an advantage there. And what's the answer to make? Because obviously she should now be able to play sports, but how do you do that and make it fair for, for, so I, I, as as someone who's not trans, I can't properly, you know, provide a rebuttal for that. But I will say there are, there are bands now that will test the testosterone levels in female or a female identifying, you know, players. Right. And even if a, someone who is considered cisgendered who, and of course, if you're not aware cisgendered is, you know, where they, for all intents and purposes were assigned at birth as that, that's what they identify as. There's no, there's no medical mishaps to where, you know, they could be, you know, something else or what have you. Um, And they, they have literally banned, cisgendered women who have high levels of testosterone from playing in sports because they feel that gives them an unfair advantage. And that's just biology. That's wild. So, you know, what is the, what's, what is the answer to this? Uh, you know, I, I can't properly speak to that, but I mean, saying that, Oh, well, I mean, cause if, if you're going to say, well, this person used to be a man, now they're a woman, 
and they had all the benefits of being a man, the testosterone, the muscle mass, et cetera. You're, you know, but then you have a, you know, someone who, little Allie, who, you know, she just has more testosterone than what might be considered normal. Are you saying that's giving her an unfair advantage because testosterone helps you get you muscles and everything else that comes with it? So, but you say there have been uh, young ladies who have been prohibited yes, from playing. For yes, a, a it's test. it's that's it's been highly it's been a it's been a, a point of contention for because even in certain parts of the Olympics, it's crazy that was I, brought up. I, it's just a to to Tristan's question. It's just a head scratcher. It's tailor made for the right. It's such an easy one, and really the percentage is tiny. I think it's oh, like zero point zero 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 seven. So, and in all fairness, I'm sorry, I don't need to cut you off there. But in all fairness, most of these people who are uh, up in arms about it, it's like. We're talking about like, I think there was a girl at Virginia Tech um, who she lost a swimming competition or something. Yeah. And she was like, came in like maybe 17th place. <laughs> and the trans individual was like 15th or 14th. Wow. And I'm like, wow, you were really out here. You know, you, you are going balls to the wall, no pun intended, on <laughs> being mediocre. You yeah. know, like no, no, you talk about, you know, not wanting a participation trophy. Right. But it's not like you were fur. You were second. And this person was first place. Mm -hmm. Like you literally were still on the bottom. Well, I guess the uh, the young person from uh, Penn State got a lot of play. The swimmer. Who, yeah. You know, that was the big thing. But but to your prior point, Brandon, no, I I, uh, I I take your point fully. I think it's easy, especially as a as a heterosexual white male, uh, middle class and unfortunately no longer middle aged senior citizen. It's easy to um, say, uh, yeah, you know what? The the uh, the gay and lesbian issue is pretty well solved. It, it seems to be, um, you, you know, I would never say move on, but, you know, that that's kind of in the rearview mirror. You know, let's let's. Uh, look at the next thing. And then to have somebody say, well, hang on a minute. There's still a lot of resistance. There's still a lot of prejudice. And to be reminded of that is, is perfectly fair. Yeah. Um, you know, there are an unfair charge. There's currently from the, and this source was, um, from La Bamba legal, which focuses a lot on LGBTQ legal rights and protections as well as the human rights campaign. There are currently 583 pieces of legislation in America that has some type of trans ban, trying to diminish some type of LGBTQ rights. Oh, that's crazy. You know, so, and let's, here's the thing. If I can speak to the other side very clearly, you don't want your rights or your freedoms or your liberties to be, uh, you know, encroached upon. We're not asking for special treatment, but you are limiting access to health care. You're limiting access to resources. You are preventing schools to even teach what a gay person is, et cetera. You know, and with all due respect, if, you know, we see how well not teaching health, uh, sex education has worked, has worked, you know, and no one is, no one is, I am not out here and I think it's a, it is a very flimsy argument, but no one's out here trying to groom someone to become gay or lesbian or what have you. Being exposed to certain types of media does not turn you. It's, it's asinine to think that. I mean, I remember growing up hearing, oh, if you let that, if you, if that boy don't go out and, you know, play in the mud, he's going to turn into a sissy, oh, yeah. you know, and I have met people from all walks of life who come from all different types of backgrounds and, you know, it's not, it's not so much environment, but, you know, if you are a young child who maybe feels different, it's nice to know that, you know, there's resources and there's, there's an environment that is open to allow you to understand what you are going through. Yeah. And I think too, you're, Sort of touching a little bit on the don't say gay bill in Florida. And my thoughts on that I, are... Can you explain it? I don't... I have Well, to the best I, of I my... I don't really understand it fully. My understanding, and Brandon can correct me if, if he's more on top of it. And the don't say gay bill is, is a pejorative. That's, yeah, that's correct. What, yeah. It's, and essentially, it's nothing about... And I think it's just K through three, maybe K through four. K through three. K through three, that basically nothing in the curriculum uh, can be anything to do with anything homosexual and teachers are not permitted to talk about anything homosexual is my understanding. Now, my thoughts on that are 
A, if I've got a K through three child in class uh, that probably trying to explain any type of sexual anything, you know, like take it home, like just, you know, mm-hmm. ask your parents. I, I'm fine with that. But also if, you know, if, if a kid has a gay teacher and he comes to school and there's a picture of a teacher with his husband and the kid says, oh, who's that? I mean, do you have to say, like, you're not allowed to say this is my husband? That's a great and, question. So again, like, yeah, I don't, you know, I also don't want anybody teaching my second grader about sexual positions. Like there's just things that will come later. Right. You know, you don't have to talk about everything, well, but you should have the freedom to be able to have a basic conversation, right? right? Like if, I, I, if it comes up. And I, I, we all can agree, you know, yeah, you don't want to be teaching, you know, a kindergartner about sex. But I also truly believe that, you know, if we focused more on human development, we focused more on, you know, health education and things like that, you know, as well as to understand that, you know, just because you're, you know, just because, you know, so-and-so has two moms or two dads or whatever, that doesn't make them different. Um, you know, growing up, my father was not in the picture. I was raised as a single, you know, in a single parent household. So I always felt different, not just from, you know, all the other things going on in my life, but I felt very different just because everything was always talked about parents day, mom and dad, um, you know, or me too. I can relate. Yeah. So, I mean, you feel othered by that and you feel like, you know, what's wrong, you know, and it's like. Now we've started to get to a point to where we kind of say like, hey, you know, families are different. Families may be being raised by your grandparents or maybe being a single parent household or maybe, you know, you're, you you have a stepfather or a stepmother or something like that. And that's kind of brought into the forefront in like in school and stuff to where kids know like, OK, so my situation is not so different. And that kind of goes back to representation, which is a big part of what everybody wants to feel like. You know, and it's it's so you would say then this Florida bill is definitely evidence of what you're talking about. It's certainly regressive well, relative to the the bill the, itself the is very vague. The, yeah. the 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 writing is very vague, um, which a lot of legal experts say is you know leaves it open to a lot of interpretation because it is so ambiguous. It is so vague. Um, they make it seem like you know it's just a matter of. Parents controlling what their children are being taught in schools. Newsflash, parents always had the right to know what their children are being taught in school. Your local school board education that you vote for, for school board officials, that that comes up in voting in, in everybody's areas, even here in Madison County, you can vote for who's going to be on the school board. Right. The school board is the one who sets those education standards outside of, like, you know, whatever states and federal levels so, are. But it's a great issue, Brandon. So who does it play to? Why the movement? I mean, there's, It's a winning it's, political it's, issue. Well, that's, exactly. that's, that's, to, that's my question. I mean, obviously, this guy DeSantis is setting himself up for a national run. Of course. And, and I, I think that he may well be the Republican nominee if Trump's out of the picture. And this is all part of that. So who are we appealing to here? And again, if I might, just to throw a rhetorical aside in, I still think that, and you guys, you you listen, you named our sponsors, you've heard me say this, I still think the question that's unanswerable because we're in the moment is who and what was the appeal of Donald Trump, who really was no more than a reflector. Trump was just a great, he could feel the pulse of the room and he found a pulse that worked for him. And to me, it was a pulse that went to exactly what we're talking about. He said, if you don't like everything that's going on socially, be it with, uh, you know, transgender folks, homosexual folks, I know I threw interracial marriage in there. Now, I don't know if you would agree with me, this ship, I think Trisden said, well, the ship's kind of sailed on that. But any of the regressive stuff that you are still uh, a person who, who who is comfortable with, you know, a 1950s mindset, I think Trump appealed to that. And I think DeSantis is doing the same. Would you agree with that? I think that not only does it appeal to, you know, older generations, which, you know, I... Well, as my daughter says, they're dying, literally yeah, dying off. Not fast enough. <laughs> oh. um, but my thing is, is that I, I don't, it, it's a, it does a disservice to sit there and say that it's it's only appealing to older folks. I mean, yeah, if you oh, want to. I think, I think you, that's so true, yeah. Brandon. That's, that's, I mean, that's I, I the think, point I of think the question I ask. It's definitely not it's just not older just folks. It's not just them. No. I think it's, no. but I also think that for, for lack of a better term, everybody wants to be a provocateur now. Everybody wants to be a shit stirrer. 
you know, the Ben Shapiro's, the, um, you know, the Marjorie Taylor Thomas but that's or whatever not her name the is. Taylor Green, so, Taylor so Green, my, whatever. But, but, <laughs> but, but my question remains, Brandon, that that's true, but they do find an audience. So who are those people? Where is that audience? Shapiro's wildly popular, 76 or 78 million. But, but look at what they put out there, Trump. So, I mean, you, you what have, do they find appealing in those messages? I think that a lot of times people get up on their soapbox or get up in arms very quickly without knowing everything. Um, you know, like when we talk about, you know, teaching, you know, gay history, people would say, oh, well, that's um, that's um, grooming. That's grooming someone. Uh, and so naturally, if you already have attached some type of perversion, which I've talked to about this in previous episodes, you know, if you see an other and you attach a perversion to it, oh, I wouldn't date a black man. Oh, interracial marriage. That is, uh, you know, that's disgusting. You're, you're attaching perversion to these types of things. And therefore it's very easy to exploit that mindset for people who think that, oh, it's, I don't agree with it. I don't like it. Oh gosh. And just go, go down a rabbit hole of all types of negative stereotypes. And sure. I think too, the, the problem with uh, partisan politics, the way I see it is also, if you agree with eight or nine things that a politician is saying, like uh, say as a Republican, you agree with building a wall, uh, you agree with lower, um, shoot folks coming in the country from somewhere else. Mm-hmm. Give me a word. What's that called? Uh, immigrants. Immig- immigration. You agree with lower immigration. You agree with lower taxes. And then at the very end, somebody's thrown in there. Also, I don't know if those gays should be getting married, but you agree with all this other stuff. So it's a whole lot easier to just go along with it than just say, look, we got to do better on that. And I think a lot of times you had mentioned the tribalism yeah. of politics. It's easier to, because, you know, I listen to a lot of Democrat things that I like, and then sometimes there's some stuff I'm like, well, wait a minute. I, I don't know about that. Like, I don't mm-hmm. know about every single thing. Like we have to kind of back that up. But I, I think sometimes, especially people that, again, we talk about folks that are really political on Facebook or really political without really understanding politics or without really following it, I think. I don't think people intend to be anti-anybody more often than not. They just tend to vote that way without doing their own, well, without well, doing their I own research. Well, I think there is a, <laughs> I, I do believe that there is a large portion of conservatives who, and I, I, I truly cannot comprehend what conservatives are going for because like they always talk about a, a simpler time, a, 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 you know, a more comfortable time, like, how far back are we going to where women couldn't vote? You know, are we going back to where women couldn't be allowed to have a bank account? Are we going back to where, you know, uh, Red blacks and whites, okay. you know, had different bathrooms? I right. mean, how far back do you want to go to where you can feel comfortable? Because ultimately, the point of progressive of being a progressive is that we want to be better than what came before us. And, uh, you know, I... I get so frustrated with these people who attach so much nonsense. It's like literally the governor of Texas has made it to where talking about trans, even remotely exploring trans, you know, with your doctor, or maybe you have a child who may be, who might be, you know, have some type of gender dysphoria. Oh, well that's child abuse. Child says, you know, if, if, if a child comes to their teacher and says, you know, I think I may be different. Oh, well, you know, they are actively encouraging that teacher to report and out that child. You know, that that's not healthy. That's not that's good. Awful. And all that's done on the all that's done on the premise of, quote, protecting a child. You know, we don't even have we don't even we don't even properly have bans on conversion therapy. In this right. country, there are some states that and that have it, which but, is pretty twisted. You know, conversion therapy is where you know children are sent off to some type of camp right. and abused and mentally tortured, and it probably in most cases even physically tortured, so they will quote become straight. Mm-hmm. That and and anyone who thinks that that's better than mm. you know a child being able to being taught in school, hey. There are other options. There are other people out there. You may be able to connect with these. You may be able to learn more about yourself. Yeah, there's a, uh, and going back to what you'd said about when is this imaginary time that every, you know, right. white middle-aged voter wants to go days. back to. There's a great Stephen King line, and I think it's in his book, 112263, about Kennedy's assassination. And he's in this little small white town, and he's talking about, he's just really describing it. It's just the most beautiful little town 
you know, this perfect little diner and everybody waves and says hello. And he's like, but don't get the wrong idea. Somewhere right now, somebody's being lynched for the color of their skin. Right. And so I thought, man, that was really powerful. So like you can go back in your mind to some of these times and some of these places and that they're probably, of course, there were some great things about these times. But also maybe just for your family, sure. you know, not for everybody's family. So 100%. you have to think about that. Also, I got a really quick story I've got to tell. Uh, it's more of a personal thing than on the political topic. But you were talking about growing up with a single parent and how you sort of felt excluded. D- and you d- were poor, right? Yeah, I knew that poor? Was, what? what? If I you? mentioned that? Maybe. Maybe. Well, you know, I, <laughs> I did okay. You know, I, 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 was a, I was a hustler. I drove Uber <laughs> as a child. Um, so no, but that was, it's fascinating because yeah, it did seem like every other day it was some kind of, you know, bring your mom and dad to whatever. And you never could, but there was, now this is a story that isn't my story, but it's actually a poor story and it cracks me up. So I'm going to tell it on air. I'm going to show you guys a visual of it okay? and I'll describe it to the, to our, both of our listeners. But, uh, there was a buddy of mine that took a, a, like a ninth grade freshman high school art class. And they said, like, one of the very first assignments was, uh, we want to see you draw, like, a rudimentary picture of your house. So the whole class does this. You know, and the way my friend described it, it was every girl he'd ever had a crush on in his entire life in this class. And so everybody drew, and so everybody had to come up, show their picture, and talk about their house. Wow. So he drew something similar to this. Okay. (laughs) So the teacher, when he walks up, says, "Uh, why is your house in the shape of a a rectangular box? And the way he tells it is, he says, because it's a goddamn single wide trailer. (laughs) So, but it is like a little bit, you know, I think now teachers would probably consider stuff like that. Whereas when we were growing up, like, you know, everybody's got a house, you know, and he had to get up and and draw a picture of a fucking single wide trailer. So, so here... Is my question then, Brandon, and and this I think goes to your critique a bit in that I, Trisden, um, we, to your also to your point, we don't have to spend a lot of time with this giving us anxiety because it's not the life that we lead. It is for you, so it's obviously very personal, and you are defensive, and I don't mean defensive as in you know you you're, you're thin skinned. You're defensive as in you defend your position very well, as evidenced by the last half hour. What do we do, Brandon, with people who do believe? And I don't want to cast dispersions, but I have a neighbor. I don't have to name his name, but when I tell you. He'll know who it is. He drives a car and his license plate reads one Bible. And he is very, very evangelical. Not a terrible person. By oh, any I means. remember this guy. What do we do with these people, man? When, when, when they look at, do you just dismiss them? I think maybe you had said that. You, you, there's no way to find a common ground with somebody who actually believes that their Bible, his, her Bible tells them that this choice is wrong and I'll stand by that. And that's that one fist, other fist, or, or, or at least one fist. And, and how in the hell do you find any common ground there? Or do you not bother? I mean, I think a lot of times we get very apathetic and, it's, and, and especially for people who are who feel like they are being singled out or targeted by other groups of people, by all means, you you pretty much just like you know you're in a flight or a fight or flight response, yeah. and therefore you just you usually just become apathetic to it. And you try yeah. to avoid it, I, but I, mean, I, don't I don't necessarily know. know. Like yeah. I'll give you a, a a little tidbit of um of gay history. So. Um, you may have heard about the Stonewall riots sure. in New York, where the police were just terrorizing right. gay individuals or and not just gay, but LGBTQ individuals. And they were raiding nightclubs and bars and locking people up and just doing horrendous stuff. Um, and for those who are listening, who might be thinking good, well, th- imagine maybe, I don't know, a group of Christians or, uh, you know, a group of, you know, tea party folks or whatever you want. And you're just being terrorized by the state, by, you know, by your tax dollars at work. And these people had protested. They had, you know, they had, um, protested. They had done marches. They had, you know, went to city council meetings. They'd went to police commissioner meetings, everything trying to be heard. And, you know, a, a, uh, a person of color, a trans woman threw the first brick at Stonewall and, you know, pretty much put the police like on notice, like we're not taking this anymore. And I'm not saying violence is the answer, 
But if you're not willing to listen to people and hear other sides to it, and now you're just terrorizing us. It's a great point, Brandon. Well, you know, and it's also that dehumanizing uh, uh, part of that equation. Yeah. You, you, what you're saying is you could find yourself on the other end of that because of the group that you belong to. So why can't you take a little broader view and, and realize the inhumanity of this? You're treating a human individual in such a way because of the notion that's in your head. And, um, yeah, it's, it's, and, and, and it just keeps rearing. And I'll, yeah, and I'll just say too, and I don't know if this point's been made, but I also feel like for most of us, I think if you're anti-equality for all American citizens, like there's just not much hope for you. Like if you're going to say like this person doesn't deserve a job because of who they want to have sex with or the color of their skin, like that is kind of a lost cause. Like you're probably not going to have a good conversation no. yeah. and they're going to say, well, you, you know, you I mean, make I'm a good always, point. I'm, I'm, I am open to trying to have that dialogue with someone, but it's very, difficult. but it, it's very difficult. Yeah. And you know, there are, there, there are certain covenants that I live my life by, you know, being honest, being respectful, but also, you know, not trying to mess with someone's livelihood. Mm -hmm. That has always been like, no matter how bad someone's made me mad, I've never like wished them to like, Oh, I hope you lose your job. I hope mm -hmm. you're fired. Sure. I hope you're penniless, you know, yeah. because I don't want to see someone's livelihood affected, even if they are uh, a, t a total pile of shit. Right. I mean, truly, you know, mm. and there's some people out there that I like, mm, would be a better place if you were just gone, mm. if you were just somewhere else. But, um, mm. you know, when you are, when you are restricting, when you can fire someone for being gay, when you can terrorize someone and, you know, you're a trans individual and you're not allowed to, you know, use a bathroom at your place of employment, you can be kicked out of your home. You can be evicted, you know, et cetera. That's even on a human decency level. That that's that's not right. No, it's not. There's and, a lot of work to know, be done. And I and and I think the I think the the overall idea is that if these laws pass, if these things happen, well, if we can't kill them. Maybe we can shove them so far back in the closet that right. they, you know, they won't be out there. Right. And it pisses me off to no end when people sit here and act like, you know, being gay, being trans, whatever, is some direct assault on you. Right. You've attached perversions right. and fears and made up all these weird boogeyman. You know, I have worked in places with trans individuals and I've seen them just try to go through and exist. Mm -hmm and be ridiculed sure. and bullied and no one, no one's backing them up. Jobs don't care. You know, they're just trying to make sure they don't get sued. But other than that, they, they're not trying to offer any type of protections. And when we get to this point to where, you know, we are, you know, terrorizing these people, cause that's just what it is. You know, legislators may not think it's got that big of a deal, but when you're trying to pass these laws, they are trying to, you know, they are, they are just terrorizing people at this point. Mm -hmm. You know, um, there is something that I've always had to keep in the back of my mind as a gay man. And it's always been that fear that because I'm gay, someone's going to accuse me of being a pedophile. Right. Really? And that is, that is the God honest truth. I hear that a lot. And I am, I do not like kids. I don't <laughs> like my friend's kids. <laughs> I don't like shit to do with kids. And I will go on record to say that. You just did. I, and I, and so, but I've always had that fear because, you know, that's how, that's how people attach perversions to it. Oh, the, the, the trans people in the bathroom are trying to assault women. No, they're just trying to take a leak. Right. Right. You know, um, we have more sexual abuse documented in Boy Scouts and the church, sure. Catholic church sure. and so on. But by all means, it's the gay people who are the problem. It's, right. the, it's the queer people who are the problem. Right. And that's why I'm just like, I, I don't want to be lumped into this type of, you know, negative stereotype stuff that they're so easy and willing to do. And, yeah, no, absolutely. And I it's, mean, if you are out here thinking like, well, that's just what you get, you know, yeah. you have no human decency and perversion or, you, or no is empathy. Right. Perversion is the proper adjective. That is what they, they try and uh, make these choices uh, perverse and then argue that way. And they get enough people to agree with them. And 
and then we find ourselves here. So have you, Brandon, ever experienced uh, direct racism or homophobia here? I mean, we're in central Kentucky, just out of curiosity. Uh, Other than me. Other than Ray. (laughs) He's more anti-Semitic, I think, so. You're safe. Uh, oh, poor Tristan. <laughs> and, um, and I was poor for crying out loud. <laughs> do you mean one of us is a J O O? Oh, you remember that was South Park. <laughs> I do. <remember. laughs> you know, I I have had people call me slurs before. You know, I mean, it's it's an ease, it, and you know, a lot of times I don't think it came from like I was directly targeted. Um, it's an e- it's an easy it's an it's an it's an it's an easy attack point. You know, oh, that guy seems effeminate, or oh, that guy's, you know, as as um, my grandmother would say, there's a little sugar in his tank, <laughs> you know. Um, so it's it's easy to throw that f word out there. It's easy to, I mean, just like it, just like if someone still st- stared at me right now, they could like, oh, he's brown, oh, he's fat, oh, the, I mean, it's easy targets and you know whatnot. Um, and I've experienced that. I've grew I grew up, you know, experiencing that on some level, um, and. It's just one of those things that, you know, no one should have to go through that. No. Um, Absolutely. And right. we really should be focusing on, you know, I, I can't, if, if you want your children not to be taught a certain way, put them in private school. That's your right. right. Sure. But when it comes to tax dollars, we're all putting our money in here. That's true. There, and therefore, we should, we're not, we should not be catering to one particular group. And, and, and you might yeah. be thinking, well, that's what they're doing with, you know, queer stuff. No, they're just wanting representation right. in the media, the materials. They're not, they're not taking a kindergarten into recess and putting on gay porn, you know, <laughs> but th- th- that's what the right will have you believe. Right. Sure. It's yeah. grooming, yeah. you know, and so on. And that's why stuff like the trans bill <laughs> and, and, you know, like literally being they're now making it a, an effort to out people and, you know, coming out is a very personal matter. Oh gosh. I grew up with kids who were afraid to come out to their parents for all intents and purposes. Everybody said, Oh, well, so-and-so Mike and Sally are great parents. They love their kid. And those kids were terrified sure. to come out. I'm sure that still happens today. And it does, Yeah, you know? So I, I dated someone who, Literally, up until he was 35, lived a heterosexual life. He was married. He had kids because he grew up in, in deep rural Kentucky where, you know, being you, you were a man did not cry. A man did not show any type of weakness and everything else. And you know what he did? He bottled that shit up until at 35, he he ended up getting drunk and having a fling and his whole damn life got ruined. Mm-hmm. Wow. And I- that's just the type. And that's why we should have you know, proper representation and proper understanding of, Hey, there's different. Sometimes we're different. Yeah. That's, yeah. that's the that's whole it. key. That's it. That's it. That's that. And that's a, that's a, a great way to end. Sometimes you're different and, and we can end with obviously the negative has been, has been pretty well portrayed. Are you at all hopeful? Is there any light at the end of a rather dark tunnel? Uh, honestly, where I stand right now, I, I don't know. I, I'm really, I, I say yeah. that truthfully. I mean, we're coming up on, we're coming up on midterms. I think the Democrats have done an abysmal job. Uh, it, it, oh, they're uh, going to get trounced. Have know. they done a bad job politically, or is it just it's going to happen because I it mean, always happens we're going to see way. that, you know, I, I think there's yeah. always that pendulum swift where it's like, oh, well, you know, Republicans, you know, shit the bed. So let's give the Democrats a try. Democrats shit the bed. <laughs> let's give them a try. Right. Um, the House goes one way. Senate goes the other way. I don't like that comparison, though. <clears throat> I don't think. Like you can say, well, Republicans shit the bed, so Democrats could try Republic or Democrats now shit the bed. I don't think what Trump did as far as trying to literally kill the democracy versus Biden had the courage to get us out of Afghanistan and it wasn't fucking cake and ice cream because mm-hmm. everybody knew it wasn't going to be cake and ice cream. And we had a pandemic, so we have inflation and high gas prices. Again, I don't I mean, yeah, it sucks that some of these thing, things are happening. And yes, Biden shoulders that responsibility. He's the leader. The buck stops yeah. here, as Truman famously said. But it's a little bit different. I just I, I just, when I hear pundits now on TV giving Biden shit, I'm like, yeah, okay, that's a fair point. But remember what we had four fucking years ago? And, like, and, we, at no. least we still have a and democracy. To, to, right. to, to, you know, to add on to that, I mean, I, I understand. Um, I'm not trying to say that Biden has done such a horrible job. But every time there is a stumble in this administration, 
that could, could be chalked up to normal administration fumbles or whatever. All it does is give more fuel to the other side. You right, know? Of, oh, and, and, and the Republicans and the, are masters at turning the littlest and, misstep you know, into yeah. the and biggest. Thanks to an obstructive Congress, you know, what truly has been accomplished, yeah. you know, uh, I mean, he, he can't even get his, you know, infrastructure bill to pass, which would benefit everybody, That's not true. just a certain group of and people. Is, but my, my fear is that, you know, I, I, I worry because, you know, we see everybody, more and more people subscribe to these ideologies of, you know, um, I mean, abortion whether you agree with it or not, is under attack. Yeah, I've never, yeah. and, you, and for people who sit there and say these items were settled, like with Roe versus Wade, oh God, no. marriage equality, no. et cetera, it's not settled because no. they are actively trying. We have no, a, that's, we, that's right. They've got a stacked Supreme Court, six conservatives to three, you know, moderates, left-leaning, whatever you want to call them. Right. They are actively trying to rewrite laws and to find other ways to, you know, get the version of well, the America they want. And that can expand on your point, Brandon, that because uh, abortion is a great example of that. No, it was never decided law. The, the, the right's been fighting it for the 50 years. And the same could happen with homosexual union. And, you know, yes, it's legal in 50 states now, but it may not be 25 years from now. I, I mean, true. it's and, and obviously that is um, that is something that is that you represent well. I, I think your point about stop attaching perversion and just understand that this is a difficult situation. Show a little humanity is the best that you can do to kind of try and find any little yeah. bit of outreach. Or I'm not ground. trying to, you know, to trample on, you know, the people who feel disingenuous, who feel like they've been disenfranchised or have been soured by the state of their lives. The people where they feel like, you know, um, yeah, gas is too expensive. Inflation is killing me. I can't put food on the table. I can't get enough hours at work, etc. I understand that you feel that you have been left behind. Mm -hmm. And in most cases, that's, that's very much true. But that's, you know, putting down someone else is not going to make your life that's better. That's a great point. Yeah. Great way you to know. end that. Yeah. That's it. Tight on time, yeah. Yeah, Brandon, we we appreciate you, yeah, man. It's, it's always fun having you on. It was really fun. Uh, and next and time, I, we'll... and I take your words. I think that was a very fair critique and and easy for me kind of thing. And I, and I keep that in mind. That's the it's best thing cool. about the show too. It's you get to see perspectives from people that aren't you because sure. it's so easy you? for right. all of us that right. to look. Well, this is my experience, and everybody else, whatever. That's right. We have to factor in experiences that are completely different That's from right. our own. Yes. So, uh, Brandon, this is the part of the show, as you well know, that we do a little little comedy. Nothing like going from the miserable state of the world to a little <laughs> humor. But if you happen to have a joke that you'd like to throw in, you've got time to Google a dad joke or whatever you want. Actually, we'll, take, we'll yeah, go take, slow. take my turn because I'm not sure I have one. I, I, oh, geez, Ray. We, we were together not too long ago. I used my, That's I true. Used my best Did, did you, yeah, they you use Tony's joke? That you feel, feel I'm free. using well, Tony's top I, 10 I, list. I, I, I will use Tony's if, if Brandon doesn't want to step in with his own. Brandon, do you think you got Well, you joke? reminded me of a very tired joke earlier when you're talking about... Um, okay, cool. Well, then this is brought to you by... Okay, this is the... Well, this is the Berea Pond yeah. joke of the day joke from the Brandon. Day. Check from out Brandon. Berea Pond, okay, buckshotled.com, cool. 107 Clay Drive in Berea. Perfect. Look, if you want a gun that you want to keep safely and use for hunting and put it away correctly and do all the right things, then go see my Aaron friend Aaron... Guy. Berea Palm 107, Clay Drive in Berea, or BuckshotandLead.com. They're going to be really nice to you unless you're mean. Because I, I, I saw Aaron the other day. He got a little snippy. They, ah. So he made a deal with the guy, and then the guy said, well, my cousin just texted me and said he'd give me $20 more, and Aaron didn't like it. He said, look, we made a deal. You can't okay. back up off the deal. That's right. So treat Aaron right, and he's going to treat you real good. Absolutely. Yeah, go, go check out our friends at Berea Palm. All right, Brandon, you're on. Berea Palm, joke of the day. All right. And like I said, this was reminded by some wordplay earlier when you're talking about Bad Wolf. Um, what do you? What does a gay horse eat? I know the answer. Please tell us. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> Right. That's pretty good. <laughs> and a great way to end this show. Nice. And, and we got to do, we got to do the, the, let's see the, the bad wolf top 10 real yes, quick. Yes, yes, yes. And we got to thank our friend Tony and folks. If you're listening right now, 
you got a little humor, send it our way. Sure. I don't care if it's good or bad. It saves me from an hour trying to write a top ten list. So send I'll it on in. I'll give you one more if you want. Oh, sure. We'll pull it on Let's out. Let's not leave the great folks at Bad Wolf out. Okay. <laughs> uh, this is my favorite quote since we're talking about kids and stuff today. <laughs> what does, uh, You were talking about kids. Yeah. How much you hate them? Yeah. Not, my, not a fan. <laughs> uh, what does... What did the mama buffalo say when her child left for school? I don't know. Bye, son. Oh. Nice. Oh, dad nice. jokes for days. Are you sure you don't like kids with those dad jokes, yeah. Brandon? Yeah. All right. So, so here's here's the uh, Bye, uh, let's, let's give this top ten list to both Bad Wolf and Berea Pond. Thanks, guys, again. We, we couldn't do it without you. We appreciate your sponsorship. This is from Tony. So if you don't like this one, wasn't from my brain. This was from Tony's brain, who's also been a, a guest on the show. So it's a conservative-leaning top ten okay. list. And also, please note that Tony never sent the video showing CNN celebrating when they attempted uh, to shoot Mike Pence. Uh-huh. So he's never sent that in if you listen to the Tony show. But this is his top ten list. Top ten reasons to keep working. Number 10, the boss's yacht's payment is due. Mm -hmm. Number nine, got to fill the gas tank soon. That's expensive. Number eight, it's work or mow the lawn. Doesn't want to mow the lawn. Number seven, you're the man and the spouse told you to get to work. (laughs) Nice. Number six, state government in Frankfurt is in session. Capitalized in, in session. Thanks, Tony. Number five, you need to buy some meat for the freezer. Reasons, uh, again, to keep working. Number four, your kids play sports. It does get expensive yeah. now here. Number three, copays. Yeah, let's get your side to fix uh, fix insurance. We sure appreciate it. Number two, honey, do list expenses. Those get expensive. And number one, millions of people sitting on their butts are counting on us, the working ah, class. Yes. Yeah. You know what? Oh. I, I was going to keep this to myself, but that last <laughs> no, one really all just means, hit it. By all means. <laughs> Thanks to the tax changes that happened under the last administration, Corporations can now um, can now write off a yacht as a business expense. Mm, nice. So you know, take with that what you will. And yeah. if you think a yacht is a business expense, yeah. I'm surprised Trump would have been pro yacht. Mm, That's yeah, shocking right. to me. Trump is pro yacht. Yeah. No, there's yeah. no no chance that a yacht is ever a business expense. Exactly. A yacht is a yacht. I'd love to have one. And that is it. I mean, All right. maybe if you like. Worked a carnival, maybe, but even maybe. that's a stretch. But even that is a stretch, yeah. All right, everybody. Give, give us a like us, review us, talk to us on Facebook. Brandon, thanks uh, so much, man. Anything Thank you, you can do, you appreciate I it. I always appreciate being here. Yeah. Brandon, it, it's always a pleasure. Uh, Stove Leg Media, Nate, thank you so much for getting our podcast out every week. Thank you, Troy, at Front Porch Studios right here in Berea. Uh, if you want to do a podcast, you got to come see Troy. He'll he'll get you, get you going. Uh, again, thanks to our sponsors. He, you won't promise that it'll be good, but he'll get you going. Right. As, as evidenced by us. He'll give you good sound quality. The words quality. are all yours. The content. Yeah. Content's up to Troy, you. you can just edit this part out, buddy. Just make your life so much easier. <laughs> he refuses to edit, and for that, we love him. Thanks, Troy. Thanks, everybody. Thanks yes, for listening. Indeed. Take care. Thanks for listening to Extreme Common Sense with Tristan and Ray. We hope you had fun and look forward to taking on another topic next week.